0: Still want me. you know that i've been fucking lonely alone so tell me you still want me you know that i've been spending way too many nights without you hello and welcome to the fantasy loners league podcast as always this is your host wolfman 27 and it is the last episode of season two. That's right. We have a champion. So none other than Coy's 302 himself is joining us this evening. How are you today, Coise?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. feel like a lot of pressure's off my back. Um, you know, talked a big game for a lot of this year. And I felt like, you know, if I would come up a bit short, I would be getting a lot of shit for that. So I'm just, I'm pleased and just very relieved to be here on the show today.
0: We even had a backup plan. You had messaged me ahead of time saying that you were planning on being on the champion episode because you're going to win it all. But even if you didn't win it all, we had a backup plan where you may or may not have made an appearance. So I just wanted to share that since it didn't come to fruition.
1: Yeah, that is true. And it would have been, it would have been a painful appearance if I had uh, gone out in the semifinals uh, to a very worthy opponent. But it would have been a very painful Uh, appearance on the podcast uh, pretending I was playing for the final when I really was not.
0: You would have been acting through tears most most likely but uh, you made it. You were able to take out the dark horse. Jay and Pincus went on quite the run there but it definitely fell short and you had some running back troubles heading into the game too that had to be pretty terrifying.
1: Yeah, um, it wasn't great. I will leave it at that. Um, I kind of very quickly um, realized that did I trust James Conner even if he was healthy? No. Um was Benny Snell gonna like really play a ton? Probably not. Gaskin was back, so that meant Salvin Ahmed wasn't gonna like play. So I kind of just picked up a lot of people and was really hoping for the hoping for the best there. Um, was hoping Gio Bernard kind of I don't know somehow came through. I felt felt like Henderson would be solid because. I felt like he was better than Malcolm Brown. But, yeah, a little bit terrifying heading into the finals. I was fully expecting, like, maybe eight points combined between the two running back spots. Like, I really had no clue what to expect. So I was pleasantly surprised, I'd say.
0: Yeah, Gio worked out. uh, Surprisingly, he did better than uh, Daryl Henderson. I thought that that was a pretty good play. That didn't work out for you. Did he get injured in the middle of that game? Is that why it was so low? Or what happened? It didn't follow
1: I I think so. I think he had a high ankle sprain at some point in that game. I admittedly did not watch that game. Um, didn't watch actually a ton of football this week, but um, from what I was reading, I think he got a high ankle sprain at some point in the game, and that's why Malcolm Brown started to get some carries in the second half. But, um, yeah, it all worked out in the end. So
0: Yeah, other than that, the only thing that kind of went wrong was the Saints defense over the Bucks defense. Was that in this league,
1: or did you see yeah. another league that you did that? That was this league. I know you mentioned you did that at another league as well. Um,
0: <laughs> I did, yeah.
1: And that wasn't great because um, that was, what, Friday, I think, when that game was. And I wasn't – I think that was Christmas, right? Or I think, yeah, it was Christmas. Um, right, or Christmas, Christmas, Eve. Was,
0: Christmas was Friday. Christmas Eve was Thursday.
1: Yeah. So that game was Friday, right?
0: Yeah. Well, the – I'm trying to remember the the Saints one was Friday, yes, yes. Saints was Friday, Bucks were Saturday.
1: Yeah, so I was watch. I wasn't watching that game because I was like kind of with family and stuff for Christmas. And I'm like following the box scores, and I see Minnesota keep scoring. That means more points for Cousins. Um, Saints keep giving up points, obviously, not great for the defense. Um, And then at one point, ESPN's like box score um, was wrong, and it said. Cousins threw a like one yard touchdown to Jefferson when in reality it was to Thielen and now I'm just sitting there like oh shit like he's having a fantastic fucking Friday I'm getting one point for my defense this is going to be a struggle Um, thankfully that touchdown wasn't actually to Jefferson and that kind of helps me out a little bit but I thought for sure Jefferson was going to finish with 18-19 and I was going to be in a tough spot so it was a little scary.
0: Well, definitely. And we almost had a Cookus moment, though. You could have taken the risk and benched Rodgers and just started A.J. Brown, and you could have even gone with Cam Newton. And I just checked to make sure. Cam Newton did get enough points where you actually still would have won it had you started uh, – well, actually, no, you would have had to start Cam Newton over Cookus, so I guess it doesn't matter because Cookus wouldn't <laughs> have been in your lineup either way. But uh, you could have had him in that night at least. With the chance of AJ Brown sealing it for you, but unfortunately, need a little bit extra firepower.
1: I did, I did, and I felt like you know Rodgers really kind of earned the spot in the starting lineup. And my dad's a huge Packers fan, so you know I felt like I had to had to do it for the pops over here to throw Rodgers in the starting lineup. And I'm not a big Cam fan, and it kind of would have felt a little gross winning because of Cam. So. I'm I'm glad I stuck with Rodgers in that scenario.
0: Yeah, well, it sounds like your dad's a very smart man, and you know <laughs> this is a great league. I, you're sticking around, so I'm a huge Packers fan. I'm the one in charge of the league. You don't have a team, maybe you could become a Packers fan too. I'll welcome you aboard.
1: Yeah, you know, maybe maybe I will. Uh, you know, anytime I watch a game with him, I'll I'll root for the Packers. So they do have a soft spot in my heart, but I just feel like I'm not quite like as invested as I should be. But, you know, if I keep holding Rodgers on the squad, he, you know, keeps bringing championships. Like, it's really persuasive.
0: He will – well, he should be the MVP, especially after last week. I had gotten into the chat with uh, Fisher about Mahomes versus Rodgers, and I had already thought Rodgers overall – they were both very close in the running. But I feel like this last week really settled that, and now Mahomes will likely be sitting because they've already clinched the one seed and the Packers still – are in the uh, competition for the one seed for the NFC, so he should be playing next week against the Bears. So I think it'll go to him. Uh, if it goes to Mahomes, that's fine. I mean, it's not the right decision. I still love Mahomes, but uh, he kind of screwed me over in the dynasty league. So uh, yeah, all the more reason to have it go to Rogers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like I was seeing something on Twitter. I want to say maybe a week or so ago that was just like any sort of metrics you really look at, it kind of points to Rogers, like just touchdowns, completion, like, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, and I feel like, especially after last week, I feel like Mahomes has had a couple like kind of shaky games recently. Um, like yeah. we had a couple people in my survivor league picked the, uh, picked the Falcons over the chiefs. So I was watching that game and Mahomes didn't look great. Like for a lot of that game. I mean, of course he's still Mahomes and he's still a great quarterback, but. He's been a little shakier, I think, this year than, than Rodgers, for sure.
0: Yeah, the only category he is beating Rodgers in is the uh, total passing yards, but they're actually at the exact same yards per pass attempt. So while Mahomes has more passing yards, he's thrown the ball more than Rodgers has, and that's really the only edge he has other than the team record, which is a team record. So you can't really yeah. put that all on one player's shoulders, but – um Yeah, it is still close, though, overall, but Rodgers does have the edge in, like, every other category. And if you – I maintain, if you take Rodgers away from the Packers, as we've seen happen in the past, that team is absolutely nothing. I mean, Adams is amazing, and he still did amazing when Brett Hundley was starting, but the rest of the team was hot garbage and couldn't get a win at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, I kind of agree with that. Like, you look at the Chiefs, and he has Tyreek Hill to throw, to Kelsey – um like, even, like, Nicole is, like, a pretty solid, solid wideout, too. Like, Sammy Walken. Like, I mean, they ha- he has weapons around him. And for Rogers, it's kind of Adams and, I guess, Jones out of the backfield. A.J. Dillon this past week, though. That, you know, that that's was, yeah that that's was exciting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> to see that, especially since I'm uh, already figuring Aaron Jones probably won't be coming back. I have talked about it a little bit um, in the chat at times. Just because the Packers don't have that much money to spend. And uh, they got Dylan, obviously. And they'll also have Jamal Williams. They could opt to just pay him instead. He's kind of played Aaron Jones, same type of role. Obviously not as well as Aaron Jones, but I'm sure he's way cheaper because of that.
1: Yeah, um, I I personally like that because in the other dynasty league we're in, um, I think Joe Mixon's my only running back right now, and I had A.J. Dillon – kind of riding the bench all year and seeing that I'm like well you know maybe that's something to look forward to next year so it was good to see
0: speaking of that so you you won the championship here now were you in any other championships this weekend throughout your other leagues or no
1: uh yeah I I was in a couple um kind of fell short in most of them like I was actually really unlucky like I feel like in our league which I'll get into a little bit later I feel like I was really really lucky all year um but like in other leagues i was i went out in the playoffs two round like semifinals, scoring 160 both weeks so 320 in two weeks to like someone who scored 400 uh went out in another league half ppr like ours uh scoring 145 to a guy who scored 155 um like it was like a bunch of stuff like that uh so I was pretty unlucky like in a lot of my leagues i feel like i made the playoffs was like a top two or three seed most of my leagues but kind of just came up against like someone having the week of their season and went out except for except for this one so i feel like i was pretty fortunate to to win this
0: yeah uh because i had all the good luck in the semifinals i had a bunch of my teams blow up in the semifinals which was great that meant that out of my eight leagues i made it to four championship games so i had a 50 percent championship game success rate in my leagues this year which was awesome I lost every single one, though. I lost every championship. So I'm a four-time second-place runner-up this year. Um, The first one was just a family league. I had gotten third place perennially. My dad had been the champion. He finally wasn't in the championship game. I still – my team just all busted. It wasn't close. so That one I don't care as much about because it wasn't close, so it wasn't as heartbreaking. Then you mentioned we're in a dynasty league together, and actually Jeff, J.M. Pincus is in that league, too, and me and Jam Pink has made it to that championship, and uh, that that Bucks game on Saturday was something else. He had Tom Brady and uh, Tom Brady and Gronk, the two people that I have shat on the most all season long, happened to go up against the Detroit Lions' terrible, terrible defense, and just both explode. So I knew that game was lost from the start. I mean, the rest of my team ended up busting throughout the weekend too to make it a little bit less painful where it wasn't super close. But that that was really just the the cherry on top of karma coming back around to bite me there. And then, uh, of course, Alvin Kamara. So I'm in a Dynasty League as well with Fisher, and it was me versus Fisher in the Dynasty League Championship, and he had Alvin Kamara, so that was amazing. Uh, my team did pretty – uh, bad overall. I had Rogers and Devonte Adams stacked, so that was great for my team. But everyone else kind of busted. But then his team kind of busted, other than Alvin Kamara, and of course he happened to start Nelson Aguilar. So oh, yeah, <laughs> Fisher took that one. And then lastly, it came down to the fantasy loners dynasty league that we've talked about a little bit here, um, where I was matched up against a guy that hasn't been active all season. <laughs> he was missing. And uh, wouldn't start a lineup. Somehow lucked into the championship. And I had Alvin Kamara. So I had a 54-point lead right off the bat. And this guy didn't set a lineup. And that included him starting Jarvis Landry, who didn't play this week. And even not starting lineup and me have, having Alvin Kamara, it came down to me being down by like less than five points Monday night with only Cole Beasley left to play who Josh Allen continually ignored all game and opted to just throw to Stephon Diggs. And uh, Cole Beasley ended up with 3.4 points when the backups came in. They had benched Diggs, which I thought was good. Then it looked like Beasley got hurt after being missed on like two wide open plays. So I ended up losing by 1.1. And uh, we promptly kicked that guy out of the league. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was kind of a rash decision and probably seemed a little bit harsh, but I was pretty upset and we warned him before. I don't know if you caught on to any of that when that was happening, if you in the chat, but uh, yeah, that was an eventful night.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would say it's real tough to lose to someone who just doesn't know that they're winning. Um, you know, that's not ideal, um, but yeah, probably good to get him out of the league and uh you know, that way you can say you're the true champion right now. Like, we can...
0: Uh, but, it's, see, that's that's the thing. It, it doesn't even work because, I don't know, I wouldn't have even really felt that good unless Cole Beasley put up, like, 20 points and I won. Like, if I won just by, like, less than a point, it still wouldn't have even felt right because he started a guy that wasn't even playing. So I still would have felt kind of dirty about it. Um But... That also screwed me over from the Bucks too because he started Mike Evans and that was oh, no. the main reason he came back. So yeah, the Bucs really and I started Chris Godwin in the in two dynasty leagues and he of course only got sixteen, which is fine normally. But when all the other Bucks players are scoring a ton against me, it's not ideal. So enough about that yep. though. <laughs> <laughs> I, of course, had to address that because it all culminates in that uh, the other sister league of ours, the Loner's Dynasty League, in that loss. So It does. Um, awesome. But uh, you mentioned being lucky at points through the season and wanting to get back to that. So I was curious if there were any specific moments you were thinking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, just to like – just to juxtapose this. Um, so in like another league that I'm in that I think my team was – incredibly stacked this was my bench this week jarvis landry ronald jones james robinson kenny galladay cam akers joe mixon tyler boyd all of them out for the finals like this past week like that was that was my bench like that fucking sucked versus like this league i feel like i was like pretty fine with injuries for the most part like yeah james connor got hurt but like did i really care about james connor like not really Edelman was out the whole year, but he was, like, a bad draft pick anyway. Ronald Jones has been on COVID the last couple weeks, which kind of sucked, actually. Like, that wasn't ideal. But um, for the most part, like, Rodgers has been healthy. Kelsey's been healthy. um, Cooks has stayed healthy all year, and has been really nice. Like, Woods, Godwin, A.J. Brown. I guess A.J. Brown was out a little bit at the beginning of the year. But I feel like I was pretty fortunate to keep a lot of my, like, studs pretty healthy, and then also just, like – I don't know. I guess didn't really run into it too, too much. Like, yes, I think what two people would have beaten me in the championship round or maybe three. I think, I think you and Fonet would have, but I'm not sure if anyone else um, would have, but like, I just feel like I kind of just, my team was really good. And I was like, I scored the most points this year and I think I was really consistent, but like I was pretty fortunate to not run into like, putting up 156 in the finals or
0: yeah well you didn't have to worry about anyone that put up high scores the of course the toilet bowl was me versus (laughs) phonette and we were two of the higher scoring ones i forgot that i even had keenan allen in that league and so he was in my lineup and scored zero obviously because he didn't play so but i still only uh lost by what was it 20 points with keenan allen out and he scored 156 cuz he had Kamara. and uh, the only other person that scored higher than you on the week was no sleep tonight who only had two wins on the season and he had like Jeff Wilson, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen stuff like that. So it, all the people that scored high just happened to have all the boom players of the week. So you had a pretty solid week overall for a championship game. Nothing to be upset about.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's what I that's that's kind of what I think. Um uh, not to like rehash this, but looking at no sleep tonight's roster like how did he go 211 11 aaron jones Diggs, Thielen, waller like i feel like that's a pretty solid combo to build around um so yeah not to rehash that but like yeah no i'm not surprised you put up 155 that's a pretty
0: no, i've been asking myself that all season and the only yeah. thing i can think of is that i just completely jinxed him like i did with adam jeffrey's team last year is <laughs> yeah. like if there's a team that i think looks good and it's not mine sorry you're just doomed you're just going to be at the bottom of the league all year.
1: Well, to, to go off of that, I think, uh, I can't remember if you did the power rankings for the dynasty league or if someone else did, but I was ranked uh, number one, uh, for our like Loner dynasty league. And I, as you know, finished up uh, promptly last and had the chance to take uh, Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, yeah, maybe there is a bit, bit of a jinx here.
0: Yeah, that's right. It wasn't, it wasn't me. It was, um, Will, one of, uh, Jay and Pincus's friends that joined the league. He's the one that put him together, but I forgot he did list you as number one. He was just with the wrong league he was thinking of the keeper league clearly.
1: yeah classic classic we all we've all uh, all made my mistake or all made that mistake but yeah no, I love my team going into the dynasty League a lot more than I loved my team in uh in the like the uh, keeper league, but apparently I, I don't know teams either, so that says that.
0: I know we. This is the Keeper League podcast, but you did just make the first trade of the 2021 season in the Dynasty League. Once you figured out you had the 101 Fisher, really wanted to get that for Trevor Lawrence, assuming Trevor Lawrence actually opts to go into the draft and not back to school, <laughs> which would be hilarious after that happened. But so you got a you got a little haul. Uh, you got what Galladay, Derek Henry, and uh, TJ Hawkinson for the 101 and Johnu Smith, right?
1: Yeah, no, that was the trade, um, and he instantly accepted it, which made me think that I maybe could have asked for more. So the original offer he sent was uh, – so, so he originally sent Galladay, Marquise Brown, and Nikhil Harry for Gabriel Davis, Brian Edwards, in the 1.01. Um, and this was before I realized I had the 1.01 because I thought we were doing like a max points four, which would have put me at like 1.06. And so I was like thinking about that a little bit, but like wasn't really going to do it. And then I realized I had the 1.01 and then I think Fisher upped his offer to Henry plus Galladay plus um, shoot. It was like Henry Galladay and maybe like one of his not as good tight ends or something for um, the 1.01. And I countered with Hawkinson, who I think is going to be incredible. I know he's a lion, but um, I think he's going to be really good. And then uh, Henry and Galladay for uh, the 1.01 and Johnny Smith. And he accepted that instantly. Maybe I could have gotten like an extra like second round pick or something out of that. I don't really know. I think like, so I asked a couple people about it um, after I had proposed it and people didn't actually love it as much as I thought they would. Um, but I still think it's pretty good. I think it sets me up to win in the next two, three years. And then I'll probably have to rebuild. Um, but I think like my, I was, I was going through my team beforehand. So I'll be like starting Stafford, Matt Ryan or Baker at my quarterback and super flex. I'll have Eckler and Derek Henry at running back. I'll have DeAndre Hopkins, um, Tyreek Hill, Brandon Cooks at uh, receiver, or Juju there, or I guess Galladay probably there. And then, like, Flex, I'll have either Akers, Juju, um, or who who I'll bet. Yeah, Akers, Juju, or Cooks. And then tight end Hawkins, too. Like, that's a pretty good super Flex lineup, I think, for a 12-team league. Like, hopefully sets me up to win him. I don't know. So I I thought it was
0: fair. It's so hard to say with the unknown. Uh, So assuming with Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he's one of the highest touted QB prospects in some time, probably since what Andrew Luck. I don't know. Yep. Andrew Luck. Yeah. But uh, so, and it's a super flex league, like you mentioned. So quarterbacks are hard to come by. And if you get a generational talent like that, like a, like a Mahomes or something like that, that's, that's huge for a super flex league. But uh, at the same time, I felt like you did get a pretty decent haul there. I mean, (laughs) Hawkinson is still a very young tight end, but uh, he's up and coming. We've seen plenty of flashes from him. And uh, Galladay is a little bit concerning just because he's been out all year, but we've seen him do it. like He was drafted so highly in redraft leagues this year because of how good he's looked. And uh, your quarterbacks, you have a pretty solid rotation. I mean, yeah, you'll probably want to grab a younger one at some point. But uh, I guess the biggest concern is how heavily invested in the Lions you are now with Stafford, Galladay, and Hawkinson. But
1: yeah, I didn't Yeah, I guess I'm written for the Lions a lot now. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I, it'll be interesting. I think. I think that my quarterback should be able to hold me for another two, three years. I guess. not really sure. I also – hot take – I know we're discussing hot takes later in the in the session, but a uh, hot take for 2021 here. Well, I guess we'll probably have to wait a couple of years for this one, but the best quarterback in this class will not be Trevor Lawrence and will not be Justin Fields. My boy Zach Wilson out of BYU will be the best quarterback in this upcoming class. You heard it, heard it on here first.
0: All right. I'll keep record of it, but it will probably take a bit. I don't know if it will be anything like this season where – I feel pretty confident saying I'd take Herbert over Tua at this point. but Yeah. Um, which is another uh, thorn in my side for the, the Dynasty League because, of course, I'm the one that ended up with Tua there. So And he's part of the reason I lost that game, too, because he only got me eight points against the Raiders. So that was really cool.
1: Not uh, great.
0: Not no. great. But uh, looking forward to the 2021 season. We recently did – make our rule proposals, and most of them have been voted on. Uh, We still have a couple that are undecided, so I just wanted to briefly go over those. Uh, The first few are just regarding roster positions. Uh, We are voting on whether to remove the kicker position and the defense position, and both are very close right now. We've got uh, five votes to keep the kicker and five votes to remove the kicker, so we still need two people to vote on that to try and break that tie. Of course, if it ends up six and six, it won't pass. We need seven votes for any of these to pass. Uh, the de- What was interesting about this, though, was the defense is at six to remove and four to keep. So that means that there's one person that wants to keep kickers but remove defenses, and I just thought that was interesting.
1: Yeah, definitely interesting. I don't know if that's like maybe Fonette from two years ago, really just – still loving the past and wanting to keep them around, but not wanting kickers. Like, I don't know. I was looking at that too. It's a little, a little weird. I think I could see, I feel like it would be the opposite. Usually like, I feel like if you keep one, it's like you keep defense and get rid of kickers. So I would have expected the, the opposite, but interesting.
0: Yeah. That that's exactly what I was thinking too, is I felt like kickers would be the first to go, but um, we can't see what it is. uh, Okay. Wait, a trade just, Completed in the Dynasty League, and it was probably Fisher, so I just want to take a look at it. Uh, so oh. Fisher got Kittle, so he's got his tight on back. He got George Kittle, Jameson Crowder, and Ronald Jones for Jonu Smith. He just turned Jonu Smith after getting him. Uh, Marquise Brown, Damian Harris, Nikhil Harry, a twenty twenty-one second
1: and a twenty twenty-three second. Wow. Um that's an interesting offer. Um, yeah, um, I feel like Fisher came out ahead on this one.
0: Kittle is the just so big there. So,
1: and Ronald Jones. I feel like Ronald Jones is His pretty secret. undervalued.
0: Yeah, like, he's sneaky because uh, I know the upcoming draft classes for running backs aren't like I've, there's a couple at the top, but that are worth grabbing. But yeah, that's a, uh, Hmm. It, it depends, I guess. Uh, the 2021 second. So that's going to be like mid round because Fisher finished in six.
1: Yeah. So that doesn't matter. He, pr- I feel like that'll be late in 2023 looking at the way Fisher's roster is. I feel like he'll be, I don't know if he wins this year, but I feel like in two or three is probably yeah. when he set up.
0: I guess uh, if Damian Harris turns into anything, um, it's Marquise <laughs> Brown. Turns, into, turns back into something, um, which is it funny because uh, Jambrose ended up uh, trading Marquise Brown to Fisher during, like, the draft season, so now he's got him back. All right, well, we won't dwell on that too long. <laughs> this is interesting one, a lot of moving parts there, so I don't want to just dwell on that for too long when we're talking about the other league. But um, after the kicker and defensive rules, we were also proposing to add maybe a position for flex, which we do have seven votes already to add at least one flex position. And then six people have voted to add just one where three people have said to add two. So it looks like we'll probably just be adding one flex position and uh bench spots. We are at six votes to add a bench spot. Uh, so if we get one more that will pass. And if it does pass, it will be just one additional bench spot from the five we're at now, which is kind of a shallow bench. So um, it would be interesting to add that but that with adding a flex spot would really add uh, some depth to the teams.
1: Yeah. Um, I, you know, I for sure vetted for that additional bench spot. Um, you know, it was kind of tough holding two QBs all, all year this year. And there were some weeks where Rogers was about to get the, get the ax on the roster. So that additional flex spot or that additional bench spot, sorry, will probably be, be good to keep Cooks around for another year.
0: Yeah, you've got to hold on to Cookus. I'm assuming he's one of your keepers.
1: Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Um, he, he's keeper number one, and that's that makes it tough uh, for the second. Like, do I keep A.J. Brown for, I think, like an eighth rounder, James Robinson for a ninth rounder, Ronald Jones for a tenth rounder? Like, those three, um, all pretty good keepers, and there's only room for one of them, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, we'll see how that turns out. I'm assuming Cookus will come into play at some point, though. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the I wanted to talk more about the lateral proposals here, which were proposed by you yourself, and uh, they, they were. were pretty interesting, and they're kind of tight right now. So the first one is that we would reward the sixth playoff speed to the seed to the team that scored the highest on the season rather than just the best record. So in this case, I don't think it would have made a difference for this season because J.M. Pincus was the sixth seed, and I believe he had the highest points scored out of the remaining teams that didn't already make playoffs, but, uh, it's just a way to like keep things more fair. So you don't get screwed over if you have a bad matchup every week and you have the most points scored, you still get into playoffs and you're rewarded for that.
1: Yeah. Um, we actually implemented this rule in a couple leagues I'm in mean, this year. Um, and it's, it's pretty nice because, like, I feel like you always just hear about people, like, complaining, like, oh, you know, if I just didn't play somebody who scored 160 all year, I would have won the championship. Like, I finished with the third most points but had, like, a 3-10 and 10 record or something. Well, cool. You're in the playoffs now. Go prove it. Um, so that's kind of why I like that one.
0: Yeah, and it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the other proposed rule here as well of going from just the head-to-head format to still having head-to-head matchups every week. But you also have a game against the league median. So if you are in a matchup where it's like 150 to 148 and you lost, you will at least come out of the week one and one with the win being against scoring above the league median score and then the loss being the head-to-head matchup. Or if you're the team that scored 150, you'd come out 2-0. and oh, You'd have an additional win because you scored above the league median and you won head-to-head matchup so that's just another way to at least you come out with something if you get screwed over in one of those types of matchups
1: yeah and it's also like really fun too because like let's say i'm playing you and like you had a bad week you know part of the course right um but like let's say i locked it up against you on sunday but then i have to like kind of still watch monday night because like if i'm close to that league median then i'm like maybe rooting against Fisher, rooting against J.M. Pincus for them not to get points too. So just like it adds some like interesting, interesting dynamics uh, for like Sunday and Monday night football.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, too. I hadn't thought about that. So uh, I think both could be fun. Both of those rules are sitting at six votes in favor and four against uh, with still two people remaining to vote. So if each one gets one more vote, they will both be implemented for the 2021 season. Uh, then the third proposal. Um, already seems to have been rejected, which is fine. I mean, I wasn't expecting an overwhelming response to that one because it is so different than the standard type of rules. But I wanted you to talk about it just a little bit so you could explain from your own personal experience so that maybe in the future, if people are into the idea, it can be proposed again.
1: Yeah, um, definitely. So it was really interesting. So I basically started a league this year that like had a bunch of experimental rules, kind of like the last like three, just to kind of see how they worked. And this was by far my favorite. So like one, it rewards the one seed, which is cool. Um, but like the, I didn't think that was like the best part of it. I, I finished as the two seed with a 20 and six record, same as the one seed. And so kind of got screwed by this, not having a buy in the first round, but it made it really interesting because like we were going into, I think Monday night football, and all five teams like the 2 through 6 seeds were all scoring i think that we all had between like 140 and 150 points like projected heading into monday night football so everyone was it was like a super big sweat because you're all like you're rooting for like a bunch of different players to do a bunch of different things and like it just made, it made it a really interesting first round matchup i wasn't expecting it to pass at all but um, figured i would propose it just in case it was it's it's a really really fun rule and like if anyone has any like super experimental leagues that they want to like give something weird a try, I would highly, highly recommend this. Cause like we're keeping it next year for sure in that other league. And like, it seemed like everyone loved it, even though like kind of going in, people were a little weary.
0: Yeah. That was the only rule I actually still haven't voted on. Uh, so it's only sitting at nine votes where seven people already declined it. And two people were in favor, which I'm assuming one was you. Don't know who yeah. the other one was, but because um, I wasn't sure either, just because it is such a big, difference from what i'm used to but i do like that at least in this case it's only for that initial week of the playoffs and then you go back yep. to the regular head to head matches for the semifinals and the championship it's kind of just this uh like a fun way of just a change of pace for like oh we're in a new season now for playoffs and now you have to compete to get into the semifinals and the number 1 seeds rewarded all the more i know it's nice to have the 2 seed rewarded too but yeah i thought it's a it's an interesting idea and i'd be okay with like trying it out sometime but Looks like it won't be for next season at this point, though.
1: It does not look like it will be for next season. But I, w- I will say, um, you know, there will probably be at least like one spot open in that other league next year. So, you know, if you ever want to do one more redraft league, uh, you can come exper- experience it yourself.
0: I have a rule in place for myself right now where I do not accept any league invitations until I've somehow cut down on the amount I'm on right now. And uh, as of right now, it seems like I'll still be in the eight I'm in next year. So I'll have to decline for now, politely. Okay but uh, that's
1: fair I'll keep pressuring you don't worry we'll, we'll get you in there at some point eight's,
0: eight's already too much I and I was trying to think I'm like okay I definitely don't want eight leagues next season then I'm looking at all eight of them I'm like I can't really not be in any of these so <laughs> we're gonna run it back with eight but I'm just not going to join any additional leagues to so the ones I'm already in
1: That's valid. Eight's already a lot to to keep track of. I'm in a little more than eight and it's like, it's definitely tough. You have to prioritize a little bit and that's never, never fun to do.
0: Yeah. I don't even uh, root for my team anymore until it's like Monday night or Sunday night where there's only a couple players left on each team because there's just so many conflicting matchups that it's just too much of a headache to try
1: and do. Yeah, no, I feel you on that one for sure.
0: But yeah, those are the rules. So uh, looks like two people have not voted. Uh, I did keep the votes anonymous, so I don't have a way of knowing exactly who it is. It was just a way for so people can vote whatever their actual heart's desire is without fear of being uh, judged for whatever they voted on. <laughs> not that there's any like judgmental people in this group, but I just feel like it helps with a more honest voting process. So uh, if you haven't voted, please go vote. And now we will get on to the uh, highlight of our episode here, and those are the hot takes that we made right before the season started. And I'm going to go uh, in order, kind of like Power Rankings fashion, to from the people that got zero right to the people that got the most right. And um, there were a couple teams that did not t- make any hot takes. I think like uh, both phonet and Sibley the Best did not partake in our hot takes. So they won't be included in this list, but they can still enjoy and listen to the ones that were made so we're going to start here with fisher sports and uh fisher his first one was that Allen robinson would be a top five wide receiver this season for fantasy uh so i'll have you guess you think that's right or no
1: uh i owned Allen robinson he in like a couple of years he had a good year was not top five
0: That's correct. He was still a wide receiver one, though. He ended up being a wide receiver number 10 overall in our league scoring format. So kind of what I expected. I didn't see him as a top five, but that's why it was a hot take. He had to shoot a shot. And uh, his only other hot take was that he would repeat as champion. And I think we both know how that turned out.
1: Well, he did win the award for the man who lost everything. So um, I think we can all extrapolate from that and figure it out.
0: And he lost the hot takes, too, because he went 0 for 2. So, Fisher's sitting at zero, and uh, someone else sitting at zero is Jambrosa. And I'm not even going to have you guess for these, because he guessed that the Patriots would make the Super Bowl. <laughs> and uh, <Yeah. laughs> not even in playoffs. And his other guess was that Cam Newton would be MVP.
1: Oh, uh, so yeah. When I was taking for-
0: notes on these, I literally just wrote LOL for both of them. <laughs> <So> <laughs> So Jambrosa also 0 for 2 here. And uh, then we had Aaron T4. And uh, first one here, David Johnson as a top 10 fantasy running back on the season with top 5 potential. Uh, how do you think that turned out?
1: I feel like he probably finished if I had to. Well, so he was hurt and had COVID for a lot of the years. So I think that... I was going to say he finished like around like running back 20. I'm going to say more like running back 28 for the year.
0: Yeah, he was running back 24. So he just made okay. it into the running back two category, but not a top 10 running back. So Diego missed on that. And this other one, as we're going to see a trend here with all of our, all of our Bucks hot takes, he said that uh, Bill Belichick's offense would be ranked higher than Tom Brady's. And uh, that did not come to fruition either. It it
1: did not. I do still think that that's more because of uh, the weapons surrounding Brady than Brady himself, but I digress.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, so next up we have JD Gigi, uh, our former number one seed who lost in the semifinals, and his first bold prediction was Chris Carson finishes as a top ten running back.
1: True or false? I'm going to say false on that one. Probably like running back like fourteen, fifteen.
0: Close again. He was running back 16, and I think he missed a few games, too, with injury. So he could have easily been a top 10, especially with how the Seahawks were performing, but didn't, didn't come into play because he missed so many games.
1: Yeah, make sense.
0: So his next one he had, he said Tua wouldn't start this year. Obviously, Tua started, and it's been ugly. He might as well have not started uh joe burrow he said he would be a top 10 quarterback in the second half of the season he might have been closer if he had flipped that around <laughs> since yeah. burrow got off to a pretty good start but then he was injured in the second half so jdg also zero but we will now get into some teams that got some right so we'll start with Marto 5 his first one, bold prediction was that Blake Jarwin would finish as a better tight end than Dan Arnold. So, (laughs) unfortunately, Fisher's going to take a victory lap on this one, too. But as we all know, Blake Jarwin out for season first game, and Dan Arnold happened to get some touchdowns later in the season. So, that didn't happen, but I'm fairly confident Dalton Schultz still ended up higher than Dan Arnold.
1: Yep, I, I, I agree with that one, for sure.
0: So I don't know how bold that prediction was, but um, then he did have another one, which technically still has a percentage shot of being correct, but I marked it as not happening because it's not as likely. He said the Cowboys would make it past the playoff divisional round this year. So if the Cowboys win against the Giants and the Washington football team loses, Cowboys will make the playoffs. So they technically would have a shot. And we're obviously recording this before playoff time, But to make it to the NFC Championship game, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that does not happen.
1: Yeah, that seems pretty pretty unlikely. Um, And you and I have both talked up the NFC East quite a bit this year. Um, Obviously, probably the best division in football, we can both agree. But I just don't think the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs, let alone make the NFC Championship game.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean – as great as the NFC East is, they can't perform miracles. So, uh, <laughs> so sorry to J Mart, but he did hit on this one. He guessed that the Cardinals would end up with a better record than the 49ers. And even though the Niners just beat the Cardinals, they definitely will have a worse record on the season.
1: Yeah, pretty good, pretty good prediction there, I'd say. Um, although I feel like it kind of ended in a different way than probably was predicted originally because like, I feel like the Cardinals haven't really outperformed their expectations a ton. I don't really know where they were projected to start the year, but probably not like much better than this. Um, They're much worse than this, but like the the Niners have been hurt all year and obviously that's been tough for them and they've drastically underperformed their expectations. So good, good prediction there, but I don't know if that's what he was intending going in.
0: Yeah. Well, the Cardinals, I think at the start of the season, is when they were all impressing us. Uh, They were doing better than anticipated, but then they started to go down, like trend downwards, and they've piled up some losses here. Kyler Murray's been kind of banged up. So uh, I think they've been starting to trend downwards more recently, which is why they're sitting at eight and seven, so it's not as impressive. Uh, But like you said with the Niners, they've just been (laughs) brutally injured all year. So uh, sitting at a very nice six and nine record currently.
1: Yeah. Tough, tough. I think they rebound next year, but like that whole offense has just been hurt all damn year. So there's oh, yeah. just not much Every going on
0: position. Uh, so now we'll go on to another team that got one right here and that would be Adam Jeffrey 86. He said Matt Ryan would be a top five quarterback on the season. Um, true or false.
1: Uh, that That is false. Um, I'm willing to bet a lot of money on that. He's been pretty streaky this year.
0: He's not even a QB1. He was QB13, finished just outside.
1: Yep. Checked
0: uh, out. Next one, also uh, kind of self explanatory here. Carry on Johnson, a top 15 running back for the first half of the season.
1: God, I wish that was true. Um, <laughs> but no, that was not. No, not at all.
0: No, and I didn't – I just knew I was confident that that wasn't the case, so I didn't even do the work to do first half of season versus season long. But I just looked up season long because it was easier, and he was running back 61.
1: Yeah, and I'm surprised he was that high. Um, I owned him in a dynasty league, and I feel like every week it was like two receptions for 13 yards, one carry for four yards. Um, It
0: was like he didn't even exist, I know. Uh, Then, of course, Packers don't make the playoffs. Well, (laughs) that uh, didn't happen. So I'm happy to say I'll take a victory lap here because it is between the Packers and Seahawks pretty much for the number one seed. I know the Saints are in the mix too, but um, if it was a tie between all three teams, I believe it would go to the Seahawks um, based on tiebreaker record. But if it was a tie between just the Saints and Packers, it would go to the Packers. So as long as the Packers win, there will be no tie. Um, but if the Seahawks lose and as a tie between Saints and Packers, Packers are still in. So I guess what if I'm trying to think of a way the Saints actually get it. I'm not sure. I don't know. That's way too much thinking for me, but nonetheless Packers will make the playoffs. So Adam Jeffrey is wrong there, which means the one he got right was DK Metcalf being a top 12 wide receiver. I want to know what your guess is on to where he finished.
1: Well, two things on this. One, wasn't it really that hot of a take to say he would be a top 12 receiver this year? I feel like that would probably be where he was being drafted, like around in that area. But I think, where did he finish this year? I'm going to say wide receiver six.
0: Getting close. He was wide receiver five. And I will say it was a hot take by my standards. I was off of the DK Metcalf train. I've been so, so brutally proven wrong about that. And uh, I've eaten crow about it. But um, I don't know. I just wasn't buying into the whole narrative of letting Russ cook, which has died since then. Uh, DK was on fire the start of the season when the Seahawks were actually passing the ball more. But uh, no, he's incredible. Uh, so top five wide receiver. Uh, then that'll bring us to myself here. Uh, we'll start with my Bucks takes. <laughs> so I said the Bucks would either miss the playoffs or be the seventh seed it's looking like they'll be the fifth seed do they have that locked in now fifth seed i don't think the rams or cardinals are in the running to take that from them
1: i'm pretty sure they have it locked in for the fifth seed i feel like i remember seeing that somewhere on some sunday football broadcast but i could be wrong
0: yeah i just uh, the the nfc has just been so abysmal this year (laughs) Yeah, not just great. by comparison <laughs> looking at the afc playoffs i wish they'd let whichever one misses playoffs just compete in the nfc because it's so so gross but um yeah then i said gronk would not be a tight end one and brady would not be a quarterback one and uh they both finished at eight at their position actually so gronk was the tight end number eight and brady was the qb number eight on the season so it actually ended up working out
1: I feel like that's higher for Brady than I like would have, ex- I feel like I would have expected Brady given how the season's gone to be like 10 or 11. So good for, good for Brady. Gronk makes sense. So.
0: And so that means the last hot take I had was correct. So I got one right. And I just want to test your memory. Do you remember what my hot take was?
1: Um, I don't remember. I feel like it had something to do with me, but I can't remember if it did or not
0: slightly uh, so it wasn't about your team specifically but it was about someone you ended up drafting and that was Devonte adams i said oh. he would finish as the wide receiver one in fantasy and he did missing like two and a half games he is the wide receiver one he's been incredible it's tyree kills right behind him but tyree kill i don't think has missed a game this season so it wasn't even close i'm pretty proud of that one
1: yeah i mean he's been he's been incredible all year um I remember when I traded him, I traded him away to Fisher like week four or five. And like, I loved the trade at the time. And like the players I got back were fine in hindsight, but like, holy shit, I should have just kept Adams. Like, geez, that was a horrible decision, but what a receiver really good.
0: Oh yeah. He's incredible. He's easily other than like Aaron Rodgers, the best player on that team. He's so much fun to watch. I've been such a huge fan of his and I was one of the people you know, like his rookie season when he had all the drops, I was not on his side. So, but I completely went 180 and have been so impressed with him. I'm glad that so many people are starting to recognize how good he is now. And I mean, it's helping people win championships. So uh, moving on though, uh, we've only got two teams left and you are still in the running here for the best of being hot takes at having hot takes here.
1: That's shocking. I'm genuinely shocked. Uh, I didn't think any of my hot takes would hit, and at least one of them did, apparently.
0: At so, least one good. did. Uh, but you are not next on the list, which means you're going to go on to win this as well. Oh,
1: wow. What a year for me.
0: What a year. <laughs> uh, so we had Jam Pincus up next. He got two hot takes, correct? Uh, so we'll start with the ones that didn't. There's also a slightly a Bucks prediction. He said that Brady... Would have, would go the way of uh, Favre, meaning having a career-ending injury against the <laughs> against the <What>? Patriots. <laughs> and uh, you you said you chimed in saying you would have a leaked dick pic like Favre. Uh, neither one of those happened, so <laughs> it was a no for both. So there was a swing and a miss, but uh, bold take nonetheless. Uh, next, he had a pair of wide receivers he was predicting would regress in their sophomore season. The first one was DK Metcalf, which we just got done talking about. Clearly did not happen, finished as wide receiver five. So that was also a miss, but he hit on the other wide receiver, and that was Hollywood Brown. Uh, so Hollywood Brown finished as wide receiver 39 on the season. I'm not sure the range he was being drafted, but I think we all had higher expectations. That's a wide receiver four.
1: Yeah, he uh, he did not perform well this year. Um, I I definitely didn't say this in the ch- uh, chat, I'm pretty sure, unless I did, but I was pretty low on him as well heading into this year. I just think didn't think Lamar could get on the ball enough, and I think that kind of held true. So, yeah, good, good prediction by him.
0: And it went hand-in-hand hand with his other hot take he got correct, and he said that Lamar Jackson would bust. Now, uh, I think that qualifies for where – Lamar Jackson was typically drafted. I know in our league, he was kept super late. So I don't know if you could say he was a bust, but he's definitely a bust for what he was expected to be based on last season. Uh, yeah, That's kind of why Marquise Brown is bad too. But yeah, what were you going to say on it?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's another one where I just like, wasn't, I, I mean, he clearly has the arm strength and like the athleticism, like both of those are there, but I just wasn't really sure if he would, continue to perform this year I feel like I was probably lower on him than most but I also would definitely would not have like bet against him having another great year so good for Jam Pincus for getting that one right as well two for two on the Ravens
0: yep two for two on the Ravens so that put him in second place for the hot takes and now we can uh well actually before we do regarding Lamar Jackson he finished as QB nine on the season which was behind Tom Brady and Ryan Tannehill so if that's not a a bust of a season compared to where those like Brady went undrafted in our league. So
1: yeah, that's where did Rogers finish? If you have that pulled up, was he one or was he two? He I, not even I.
0: I don't have it pulled up, but I think Kyler Murray was one. If I remember from the rushing touchdowns and everything. So uh,
1: that would check out. Okay. Yeah. 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 He finishes the fourth. He was behind Kyler by 26 points, Allen by 24 points and Mahomes by 19 points.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Makes sense based on the the guys he listed out there. But yeah, he's had a great season and he went late cuz of how he did the previous season and how he wasn't really acclimated to that offense. And even I was hesitant to grab him cuz I always like to grab my quarterbacks like even later. But uh he was definitely worth it for the people that did get him like you did.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was he was like a solid you could rely on like for like 20 to 24, 25 points a week. Like I felt upset against Jim Bresa when he got 18 points and like that's a pretty fine week for most quarterbacks. So yeah, he was great to have all year.
0: I agree. So now let's move on to your hot takes here. We'll start with this one. Uh Le'Veon Bell finishes top twenty in PPR for running
1: back. Wow. I act <laughs> that did not hit. That did not, not hit. That's
0: i didn't even look it up because uh, our league scoring's half p p r and I didn't want even like <laughs> I just knew it wasn't it didn't hit so uh, if you want to prove me wrong and go let me know where he ranked in p p r scoring that'd
1: be great <laughs> I think we can trust you that he did not finish uh top twenty you know top twenty two maybe but not uh, not top twenty that's,
0: yeah he's uh just between the jets and then going to the chiefs and doing nothing there too yeah that's uh he's done he's got to be done at least fantasy wise. Probably NFL wise too.
1: Yeah. A cliff real quick.
0: Uh, Then we'll go on to a bucks prediction here. Gronk finishing outside the top 20 in yards for tight ends. So that's in yards. We already talked about how he finished tight end eight overall. Um, Do you think you were still good in regards to yards or no?
1: I think I was off by yards. I think he was outside of the top eight in yards, if I had to guess, like maybe like number 12 in yards or 13, but there's no way he was outside of the top 20.
0: Yeah, that's correct. He ended up actually top 10 in yards. I think a lot of that came from this last game in week 16. But, uh, yeah, so another miss on the Bucks hot takes here for us, unfortunately. And uh, going off of that, you had – Brady and Cam finishing outside the top 16 quarterbacks on the season, while Stafford finishes top 12. Uh, We already kind of mentioned two of them. So Brady, quarterback eight, so you missed on that, but you did hit on Cam. He was outside top 16. He ended up quarterback number 20, which is still kind of high, but I know he did have some of those big games at the start of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember at the beginning of the year, everyone thought he was like the greatest thing since sliced bread because um, they were running all those like goal line sets or whatever, and it was just Cam keeping the ball. So it's like, I'll we'll just get a rushing touchdown or two every game. But yeah, no, he really did not have a great year.
0: And that leaves Stafford then. So you thought Stafford would be top 12. Uh, do you think that he managed to make the cut?
1: If I had to guess, I'm going to say probably not. I think probably like 15, 16.
0: Yeah. You're good at the guesses. Like once the season's over. Yeah. He was quarterback 16. (laughs) You got that right on the nose. Um, So you kind of, you got one third of a point for that because cam did finish outside. So I I counted it as partial credit. And then uh, you had one hot take was that the season would actually finish. And I gave you credit for that too. The season did finish. We made it past championship week. We'll see how the NFL season does, but to fantasy season, at least, Completed.
1: Yeah, they. You know, I feel like that kind of was a hot take. Like, I feel like some people might think that was a like a cop out, but like, I don't know. It was looking iffy at some points. Like, I don't know. <laughs>
0: that first postponement with the Titans and Steelers was uh it was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was looking pretty rough to start things off. So I, that's why I gave you credit for it. I wasn't gonna write it off. Uh, but this other one was kind of a shoo-in for you too. You said that you would make the playoffs. <laughs> in the league this year, and you won it all, so you got extra credit for that. I was going to not count it, but since you won, I feel like it deserved mentioning.
1: Yeah, and you know, after my appearance in the Toilet Bowl last year, um, I feel like that was a hot take, you know. Um, it's It definitely wasn't a given, and I feel like also, like, going into this year, I felt like, where the hell am I going to get running backs from? Because, like, all the good running backs are kept by people. Um, so, so, yeah, still a bit of a hot take, so I'll, I'll take it.
0: And lastly, so you had a lot of hot takes here. I think the key to winning this is to just give as many hot takes as possible and you're bound to hit on some. So your last hot take was that Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb would both finish as a top 20 running back on the season, and you were correct. Uh, I want to know, do you have an idea of where they each did finish, like just a guess to throw it out?
1: I assume we're talking .5 PPR in this, right? Correct. This is in our league scoring. I would say – so that's a good question. So Chubb was out for so long in the year. I'm going to say Hunt finished as running back eight, and Chubb finished as running back, hmm, let's say 13. I, I could be off on those. Those I did, was not confident at all.
0: I was about to accuse, accuse you of cheating. <laughs> so Kareem Hunt was running back eight. <laughs> so you got okay. that exactly right. And uh, Nick Chubb was number 11. So not only were they in the top 20, they were both running back ones on the season.
1: Yeah, they were. Honestly, a bit of a cop-out answer – or cop-out hot take for me there. Like, looking back, I feel like I sh- like should have known that Stefanski was going to run the ball just as much as he fucking could. Uh, but, yeah, it's both of them were really, really good all year for sure. Like, fantastic running backs.
0: Which is a a little surprising to me as the hunt owner. He was, like, consistent, but he had so many weeks where it just wasn't anything flashy, where he wasn't, like, a huge difference maker. But he did have, like, really good weeks as well. And because there were no running backs available, and he was one of my keepers, I did start him every single week. And he definitely helped out in that regard.
1: Yeah. You feel like he was also, like, really game script dependent, too, where, like, if the Browns. We're playing catch-up in the fourth quarter or, like, trying to, like, go passing offense. Like, it was always Hunt back there. Um, and so he, like, benefited a lot in those games. But in games where the Browns were up a ton, like, it was just Chubb running down their threats the whole time.
0: I feel like the, he started off the season really strong when it was him and Nick Chubb. Then Chubb got hurt, and he was okay when it was just him, surprisingly. But, like, I don't think he did as well as when it was both them. Then Nick Chubb came back, and then it didn't feel like he went back to what he was doing at the start of the season when they were both in play together. So I don't know. That'll be interesting to see how it goes into next season, but uh, it is good to know that we got the confirmation. Stefanski does indeed like to run the ball as head coach as
1: well. Yeah. I I think that makes sense for that team too. Not to get too much into the Browns, but like I feel like the more pressure you can take off of Baker and like, you know, Baker, I, I like Baker. And I think Baker's like, not a bad quarterback, but he's the sort of quarterback you don't want throwing 55 times a game. Um, it's just not going to end well for you. So I think it's smart to run the ball a ton.
0: Yeah, it's definitely helped them. Uh, although it'd be hilarious if the Browns do lose to Mason Rudolph and miss the playoffs because of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, that poor should be a for sure win
1: for them. <laughs> it should be, but like, oh my god, like poor Cleveland. I would feel. Feel so, so bad for, like, that city um, if they literally lost to the Steelers backup quarterback who didn't. Although, to be fair, are we sure Mason Rudolph's worse than Ben Roethlisberger at this point in time? Like, I don't know. Big Ben's looked bad the past couple weeks. Hot take.
0: Well, it's not that hot. But at the same time, uh, Ben has had some good games this year, whereas Mason Rudolph, I don't think I've ever seen him have a good game. So I'd have to give Big Ben the edge in that regard
1: tell me remember was Mason Rudolph benched for duck Hodges last year or did he get hurt? And they threw in duck Hodges both. I think
0: Oh, no. <laughs> they were desperately a... like going back and forth, trying to make anything work, but That's uh, not great Rudolph definitely me. was hurt for a little bit. That was the whole miles Garrett thing where he got his head bashed in with the helmet. Oh yeah.
1: So this could be a revenge game for our boy, Mason Rudolph over here. He's coming out with a vengeance. It's, it's a yeah, fiery one. Interesting.
0: Will be interesting, especially since Miles Garrett I think won the Walter Payton Award this year too. So he had quite the turnaround from that instance as well.
1: Is that the award for like like best person or something like that, or what's yeah the, like
0: what's... most giving to charity and things like that? Like yeah, like the best overall character type award, you know, something along those lines.
1: Very interesting. Good for Miles for for winning that. And, uh, hope hope there's no bad blood between those two again. I um I was actually playing poker in a casino um, when that happened, uh, par for the course for myself. But um, it is the one time I've ever seen everyone in a casino stop what they're doing and look at a TV screen uh, when that happened. It was like literally a surreal moment. Like people to stop playing poker and watch the replay for like three or four minutes. It was insane. So definitely I wasn't
0: watching the game. I think I had it on and turned it off because the game was over when that happened. And then I saw our league chat blow up about it. So I had to go look it up and, I've never seen anything like that. Still haven't seen it again, but yeah, those AFC North rival games get intense. Uh, that was the, I remember watching the one where, um, what's his name? The Steelers versus the the Bengals when the guy like, uh, the linebacker, I forget his name.
1: Right. Well, yeah,
0: it was perfect. But, uh, the guy in the Steelers that got hurt and like almost couldn't walk again, but he's since has been able to Uh, his name. Uh,
1: I don't know who you're talking about. Ryan Chazier, right?
0: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Chazier. Yeah. That was, uh, that game, that happened right at the start of the game. So like tensions were really high and it felt like every hit afterwards was just all the more brutal. And I think that was the same game where someone landed a big hit back on perfect. And that's when like Juju stood over him and taunted him about it. It was a, uh, those AFC North rivalry games, man, they, d- they don't mess around.
1: No, no, they, no, they do not. Um, and like, where I went to school, it was a ton of, like, kids from the Northeast. So, like, ton of kids from, like, Baltimore, ton of kids from, like, Pittsburgh. And, like, these kids could be best friends and, like, watching the game together, one a Steelers fan, one a Ravens fan, and, like, literally be about to throw hands at, like, the end of it. Uh, like, it was – they just fucking hate each other. It's, it's pretty insane.
0: I know, man. I uh, – man, I mean, we get some uh – Bitter rivalries in the NFC North, but I don't think it's ever come to like that much violence. I mean, I'm sure every every rivalry has some sort of story along those lines, but yeah, at least not in my time. But um, before we leave for the episode today, I just wanted to close out with some way too early Super Bowl predictions. I wanted to hear who you think will be in the Super Bowl and who will win.
1: Okay, so let me uh, let me just pull up the playoff picture right now, just so I don't like forget any themes because. Uh, my memory is quite literally horrible. Um, So let's see, who's in the playoffs here? So um, as par for the course. I'm going to cross off the Bucs. They're not making the Super Bowl. Um, The Rams are not making the Super Bowl. The Bears are not making the Super Bowl. Sorry, the NFC East is just not making the Super Bowl. Um, So that leaves me with the Seahawks, Saints, and Packers. I don't think the Seahawks are. I don't think Drew Brees is good enough. I still think Taysom Hill, like, maybe a step up on Drew Brees. I don't know. Like, both of them aren't very good. I'm going with the Packers making the Super Bowl um, in the NFC. And in the AFC, let's see, who do we have here? Crossing off the Dolphins, um, who seem to be in the playoffs. I'm crossing off the – yeah, the Ravens aren't going to make it, I don't think. I'm not willing to cross off the Browns or Colts yet. Crossing off the Steelers. So we're Chiefs, Bills, Browns, Colts. Um, Chiefs aren't gonna make it. I just I don't know. It's hard to make two straight Super Bowls, I think. They're not gonna make it. Um the Bills are kind of cursed. <laughs> I'm saying. I'm going with the Colts. I'm going with the Colts win against the Jags on uh on uh, week 17, go on a wild card weekend. Um, I don't know who they would play in wild card weekend, uh, but they win whatever game that is. They go to the Super Bowl. Packers, Colts, uh, and the Phillip Rivers finally gets a Super Bowl title, wins it all. There you go.
0: I wouldn't doubt it if the, the Colts beating the Packers. I mean, they already did it once a season, it was really close, but uh, yeah, on my side here, I, if the Packers don't choke, and they do beat the bears and they get home field advantage at Lambeau for the playoffs. Uh, they are going to be my pick for the NFC as well. The biggest concern for them, in my opinion, would be the bucks because of what they did earlier in the season to the Packers. Now I would hope that they learned from the experience and that it would be different with the bucks having to go to Lambeau rather than us going to Tampa. Uh, so hopefully that would swing things in favor of the Packers, but, um, they beat the Saints earlier in the season in New Orleans and Drew Brees outside of a dome in the playoffs hasn't been good. I don't know if he's has he since I don't know. There was an old stat where he hadn't won a playoff game outside of the Superdome, but I'm not sure if that's still accurate. That was from a few years ago. But either way, it's been way different success-wise. And uh same with the Seahawks and Packers. They've kind of got this rivalry going back and forth. I think the Seahawks actually would be a pretty good threat too, but I think just being in Lambeau would is just such a huge advantage for the team. That's something they haven't had ever in an NFC championship game with Rodgers, so that'd be nice if they could finally get that. Um, but I still think the AFC is going to win uh, the Super Bowl. I will go with the Bills um, just to play devil's advocate here. They've been on such a hot streak. They would only have two losses if it weren't for that Hail Mary uh, by the Cardinals to make them lose that game. And uh, I don't know just that Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs connection has been so huge for that team. He's so good at rushing the ball and their defense is, is okay. It's good enough. I feel like par for the course, uh, but I do like the Colts pick too. I'm just concerned about them. They're on the outside looking in, right? I think they need someone to lose as well as them beat the Jaguars in order to make playoffs.
1: So- um, I believe so. I think so. Right. Cause they're, they're 10-5. and five. The Dolphins play the Bills, but I think the Bills are resting people, right? Um, yeah,
0: and the Steelers are resting people for the the Browns, so then that would leave – I think they would need, what, the Titans to lose and the Colts yeah. to win to take the division?
1: I, either the t- they need one of the Titans, Dolphins, Ravens, or Browns to lose, one of those four teams to lose, I believe. And then for them to win, I don't know how the tiebreakers work, but I assume if they're on the outside looking in right now, they still would be in um, week seventeen. Yeah.
0: Um, and all those teams should be favored. I mean, the Titans get the Texans; they're all facing bad teams.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I think it'll be a pretty interesting week seventeen. I think because like the AFC is not remotely decided yet. It it kind of feels to me though; it's gonna be like. I think what will happen is Josh Allen will just have one of those like Josh Allen sort of games that he, you know, he fumbles like a lot and like he'll throw some passes that you're just like, what the fuck is he doing? And I just, I don't know. It feels like it'll just come into, come into play in the playoffs. He hasn't been there before, right? Or did they make it last year? I can't remember.
0: The Bills, did they, I think, I think they did. Did they lose? Shoot, I, I already forget. I just remember the, the Titans. Who would the Bills have faced? Oh, man. Man, a year goes so long. <laughs> <laughs> or rather, it's just been a really long year. I don't know. I'm too lazy to Google it. We'll have uh, anyone that's listened this far fact check us on that. But uh, if they did make it, they definitely lost first round.
1: Yeah. No, they definitely definitely did. I guess this is a good test to see if anyone like put up with our random talking for the last like hour or so. No okay. one mentions Bills, then we'll know. No one fucking made it through this. So good to I, good to know. I
0: guarantee, Phonet. He is our most loyal listener, and yes. he, as soon as he listens to the podcast, he will let us know. He'll fact check us. So he's our uh, our honorable audience member that we know will be here every week.
1: Well, shout out to Fonet then. You know, at least I know I'm not just talking into space here. So appreciate appreciate the love for the podcast, Fonet.
0: And I appreciate all of you guys again, just to close things out here, we have our rules all pinned. If you haven't voted, go vote. And, um, it should be a fun 2021 season. I'm sure we'll still have activity throughout the chat, whether it's in the dynasty league or the keeper league. And I will make sure to blow up whoever has their notifications turned off. If they aren't around come keeper declaration time or draft time.
1: Yeah. Um, and again, just, to. To finish things up for me, it's been a been a super fun year with this league. Uh again, it's kind of hard to get me to care about leagues that don't have money involved versus leagues that like do, you know. Uh, but like definitely cared more about winning this league than I did about certain other leagues that had like a lot more money involved. So it's a good, good group of people. Really surprised we found like a random group of people that were all cool and like fun to be in the league with. But I still haven't voted in the poll yet if I'm coming back next year. So, you know, I guess I'll have to have to hold off on that a little bit, weigh my options, uh, but we'll look forward to next year.
0: I did exactly. notice that, and I actually was going to give you benefit of the doubt and think that it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> intentional. But knowing you, I should have known that it was intentional. So <laughs>
1: fully, fully intentional, you know. I, maybe I wanted to do what Brady couldn't and just go out on top. You know, I had a great run this year. Nothing's guaranteed. Maybe it's time to hang up the cleats and really, really relax. But, you uh, know.
0: Fisher's parting words to you as the former champion passing the crown now to you was um, that good luck getting any trades done next year, because apparently that's the reason he couldn't get any trades done was because no one wanted to help the champion. um, And it had nothing to do with what he was offering.
1: I mean, just to offer, again, devil's advocate for uh, for myself here, I did trade away Devontae Adams, who was the number one receiver here. So clearly I have an eye for talent in the draft, um, but don't necessarily love to hold on to that. So hit me up for some trades. You might get someone good out of it. Who knows?
0: That's a good point. And on that note, I am going to let you go. I hope you enjoy the rest of your night, and it's been a pleasure having you on this season and uh, your third appearance on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Wasn't on at all last year, three times this year. It's been a fun year. Appreciate you having me.
0: Anytime And uh, yeah, I don't really have anything to say after that. So I guess I'll just end it.
1: <laughs> yeah, awesome. Sounds good. Thank you for, thank you for doing this. It's always, always a pleasure.
0: Yeah, talk to you later, man. Hey,
1: man. See <laughs> you, man. You know
0: that I've been fucking lonely, alone. So tell me you still want me, you know that I've been lonely. Been spending way too many nights without you